Hello and welcome. Here is a podcast just for you, where every day I'm teaching you something new about how to be the best version of yourself so you can be an inspiring visionary for everyone else. I'm showing up to guide you through some things that you may have often overlooked, such as how to strengthen your mindset without having to read a book. In a world where everyone's focus is on what everyone else is up to, I'm hoping I can help you slow life down so you can focus on what you can do. The world needs more people to believe in what they see and to have visions beyond diagnoses with a focus on possibility. So I'm asking that as you listen in, please open up your mind and together let's see all the ways we can make better what we find. This is a podcast about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's also about my experiences with exclusion. And it is my hope that in each episode, you're able to connect with me. And when we leave the conversation, I hope you are forever committed to the cause. See me, not ASD. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is a special episode of See Me, Not ASD. I am recording on a whim. I had no plans on recording this and describing the events from today, but I think that it's a message that needs to be shared. Recently, I read a post, Facebook post from my friend Heather in Columbus, Ohio, and unfortunately, one of her family members' nephew passed away from an allergic reaction to milk. And I remember reading about the story and obviously my heart went out to that family and I said prayers for them because I have a child who is severely allergic to several things. And I could only imagine what that mother must have been going through to now have to bury her son for something that was mostly preventable. And I recently read an update on the situation and the mother described, or the news article described what they believe to be the the mother's wishes for pharmaceutical companies to develop an EpiPen that is more accessible and, and smaller, more compact. And I thought, wow, what an incredible idea. Is that something that already exists? And if not, why? It seems so simple, right? She described how, you know, young men and and older men really don't, they don't carry purses. They don't, some of them do, but it's not traditional. And most of them enjoy just putting things in their pocket and and going. And I thought, wow, what, what will happen when my son is older? Or, you know, what should happen now when he's able to administer for himself, hopefully never, um, You know, will he have the capability to have easy access to his EpiPen or will he have to carry it around and and what we do now for school, which is put it in a baggie with his name on it and it's pretty big and everyone knows your condition. And I thought this was an interesting topic to to bring into the diversity, equity and inclusion conversation because when people think diversity, they mostly think of race and color and ethnicity and, and um, gender issues, right? Um, but really, food allergies are a level of diversity as well. Being diagnosed with an allergic 
with, with a, an allergy <laughs> to something, anything. It could be dogs, it could be food, it could be um, dogs, food, outdoor allergies, things of that nature. Um, whatever it is, uh, medications, those are, those are specific to individuals. Obviously, the symptoms are similar to one person and another, but generally how one person reacts may end up being different from how another person reacts. So anyway, that came across my mind after I, I read um, the news article and I continued praying. Then today I had, after I came home from the gym, I had this nagging feeling in my gut and it was about food allergies. And I thought to myself, over and over, all morning long. And my kids had already gone to school and the twins were home with me. And I just couldn't stop thinking, what would happen if my son had an allergic reaction at school? And I thought, well, everyone there knows that he's severely allergic to peanuts and wheat. Everyone there knows that he has specialized needs and they know you know, where, to, where the medication is and, and things like that. But I thought, but what if? What if that wasn't enough? What if something happened and he didn't know how to react? What if something happened and there were still outstanding questions for the staff and the administrators, even the nurse? And it was really just a passing thought that, but that kept nagging me throughout the morning. And then I thought, okay, I need to let this go. I didn't bother my husband with the thought because you know, I tend to worry a lot and overthink things. That's just how my brain works. And I didn't want him to worry either. But then I got into the pickup line and everything was fine until we drove around to the front of the school. It was about 1.35 and I got a phone call. Now I have the school nurse on as one of my contacts, separate from the actual school administration office, because my son has asthma as well. And, you know, he tends to sniffle a lot. He, you know, if he's sniffling too much, he might go down to the nurse's office. Uh, he just doesn't like the irritation of, you know, his nose running all the time. He, he might, you know, actually, um, he falls down often. He's tripping over his feet or whatever, scraped knee. I get a call to help calm him down. It's fine. So usually, you know, Nurse Mary will just give me a courtesy call, put him on the phone, and everything's good. But this time was different. Usually when Nurse Mary calls, she immediately tells me, hey, Mom, everything's fine. Every single time. But this time was different. This time she was very calm but she wasn't answering my question when I asked if everything was okay. She simply said, are you here? And I, then I saw my son's uh, assistant that brings him out at the end of the day, walking briskly to the car. And she just looked at me and I said, can you please just watch my twins who are in the back seat? And I just grabbed my, my phone and my wallet and I ran inside not knowing what, what was going on, what to expect. I now replaying the conversation, the phone conversation in my head. I, I remember nurse Mary mentioning the word peanut butter or the words peanut butter. 
And I remember saying to her, why was there peanut butter in his classroom? He's severely allergic. He could die. So I get inside and she's trying to calm me down. She's telling me that he's not having any respiratory issues. He's not breathing weird, but that his eyes are swollen. I get to the nurse's office, which is fairly close to the front door. And I just see my boy sitting there and his face is swollen. He's got hives everywhere. His eyes were almost swollen shut. And I was terrified because all I could think was, one, how much gratitude I had for being just his face, but also for the intuition and the guidance I had this in, in this morning to have the thoughts about his allergies and whether the school would handle it appropriately and things like that, because that already set the stage for how I might handle the situation if it came to be reality. I hear people talking to me. They're asking me questions. They're telling me things about what was going on in the classroom. And really, I'm not, I'm not truly paying attention to much of the dialogue. I'm just looking at him. And he's crying and he's scared. And he just keeps repeating that he can't see and that he doesn't want to be blind. And, you know, children really have no true understanding of how how things like that work. You know, to him, his eyes are swelling shut and he can't see the swelling. So he just thinks, why are my eyes closing? And so as a parent, you have to figure out, and even as a caregiver, just how to how to talk to the child without elevating what it is that they're going through. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but that was tough. That was, I don't know that I did a very good job calming him down. I just kept feeling, I was lifting his clothes, feeling his body, seeing if he was breaking out in hives anywhere else. And then they asked me, what did I want to do? They told me they didn't use the EpiPen because it wasn't a respiratory issue and that it was only that he was breaking out in hives. And I said, please call 911. Just bring the ambulance. It would make me feel better just to have the paramedics tell me that it's just a, you know, an, an outer allergic reaction as opposed to something more serious. And with his asthma issues, I was concerned that you know, we might leave to go home and then there's something deeper going on and then I'd still have to go to the hospital and I had the twins and then I had to pick up my daughter from middle school later. So I just, you know, I, I think I did the right thing. I just had them call 911 and then I sat with him and he said to me, there shouldn't have been peanut butter. He's telling me he's afraid to go back to school. He's telling me that he doesn't want to die. So a few things here. I, my son has always been aware of his food allergies and to some people it's annoying, but for me, I'd rather him be cautious than think he, he can just be around anything. And so that usually prompts him to not want to sit next to other people while they're eating things that he thinks he can't ingest. And he doesn't try new foods. That's a conversation for another day. 
but he he sticks with the same foods every single day. And, you know, so he's pretty good about not being around other people and they're touching things that he's allergic to, but peanuts and peanut butter and peanut anything is like a no-go for us. We don't even bring it in the house. I haven't had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in years. I don't know why that makes me cry, but it's true. So I was incredibly grateful for his awareness. Grateful that he was aware of what was going on with his body, with his reactions, with the classroom, with his surroundings. He handled that perfectly. And I don't think anyone could ask for anything better. In a situation that truly could be life-threatening, he had the awareness to, to, to know that it might change his life, that he might get sick, that he might, you know, if, if it had been worse, he knew the worst-case scenario. So I was grateful for that. I was also grateful that the paramedics arrived and they, you know, calmed us down. They told us it wasn't respiratory. All of his vitals were great. And they offered to give him a Benadryl shot and that would, that should take care of it. And it would also knock him out and make him sleepy, which is good because I think that helps calm his anxiety. At the end of this whole situation, I do recall in the hallway several people around him as we were leaving. Each of them plays a different role in my son's life, whether it's a former teacher was there, his current teacher was there, the staff who's responsible for making sure he gets the accommodations that he might need, the assistance he might need, the guidance he might need, Nurse Mary was there, and I think they were probably scared. Scared that I might be the kind of mom who would freak out and start, you know, wanting to hold everyone accountable. Now, while I do agree that there should not have been peanut butter in the classroom, it got me thinking about diverse experiences and exclusion and inclusion here, because what do you do when one child's diagnosis, in this case a, a peanut allergy, would either exclude him from the experience of what the classmates were doing, which was just making um, bird feeders for the holidays, you know, with the pine cones, I believe, and, and the peanut butter and the bird seed. That would exclude him from that process, which it did, because the teacher had set up different stations for the class, and he wasn't obviously allowed to go to that one. But then, so they, he's excluded from participating in an activity. And then the diversity of, of food choices, right? So parents should be allowed to give their kids what their kids enjoy to eat. I hate thinking that parents have to say, nope, sorry, Johnny, you can't have that peanut butter or jelly sandwich for lunch, even though that's really what you want, because there's a kid in your class who's allergic. And until something happens... Usually people don't really understand the, the severity of something. And you could see that fear in the faces of the people around. 
And I kept apologizing. And they kept telling me, why are you sorry? Don't apologize. And I, I did feel sorry. I felt sorry that it happened. I felt sorry that I shook up the whole place with my reaction. I felt sorry that they were in that position because everyone there loves my son deeply. I know in my heart that they would never do anything to put him in harm's way at all. So I was gracious. I, was, I had gratitude. And I, when I came home and he was sleeping and resting, I thought to myself, I should send them an email. I should just let them know that he's okay. And while I do believe there should be changes in the school as to whether peanut butter should be around somebody or peanut anything should be around somebody with a severe allergy that that's, includes airborne, um, I don't know. I, I Then I was like, well, if I email them right now, they're going to be like, what kind of mom emails the school? What kind of mom emails the school to, to just try to cheer everyone else up about the situation? I don't know. I didn't do anything. Uh, but I did want to share the experience because I also think of that mom in Ohio and I think of other kids who have food allergies and I'm like, I'm curious what kind of exclusionary behaviors do we exhibit towards those individuals? Are you willing to modify your diet temporarily when you're around somebody who has severe food allergies? Or are you one of those people who's like, well, that's your problem? And I'm not here to judge one way or the other. I, on the cautious side of things, I realize that most people probably don't want to change their daily diet just because somebody else can't eat something. That's a reality in my mind. So I just do my best to keep my kid far away. But that should be top of mind awareness, right? And, and obviously if we're talking about older individuals and adults, young adults and an adult age, they should have the maturity and the ability to communicate what they're allergic to. And that's their responsibility at some point. But what do we do for the children? Are we cautious enough? Do we check with family members before we offer kids things? Do we complain when we get the letter from school that says, please don't send in any treats that contain X, Y, or Z, peanuts, nuts, tree nuts, chocolate, whatever, you know. I've even sent in special treats for the entire class to cover the entire year. Smarties, Skittles, marshmallows. I'm always asking the teacher, do you need me to replenish any of that? Because I think to myself, I don't want my son to feel excluded when the class is having a treat and he everything that they have access to is nothing he can eat or nothing that he's comfortable eating because he hasn't himself read the label, which he enjoys doing. But I go the extra mile to do my best to see that he's included in those experiences. I had no idea that they were creating bird feeders or else I would have probably kept him home. Absolutely. And no judgment no ill will towards the teachers or the staff, just 
I really appreciated that they said to me, we're going to make some changes. I don't know what those changes are yet, and I don't know what my possibilities are here. But I know that my job as a mom and as a caregiver and as a visionary for my kid, I have to see beyond just this one incident. I have to, I have to see what will the rest of his life be like when it comes to food diversity, right? He's allergic to wheat, so he can't have pizza. Most pizzas are made with some form of wheat product. So gluten-free would be great, but how do I verify? It's not worth the risk. And he won't try it anyway. (laughs) Anyway, so this is just to spark a conversation, I guess, and to share my experience. I'm much calmer now. Um, Hopefully I don't look a hot mess because I just decided to sit down and share. Um, But yeah, today was scary. And this awesome seven-year-old kid of mine, he has endured a lot in seven years. He just keeps fighting. I'm not God, and I don't know his future. But I do trust that it's special. Because he has opened up this entire world for me where I have this level of consciousness about most everything that includes diversity, diverse experiences, diverse characteristics, diverse diagnoses. He's shown me the possibilities that exist for everyone because everyone has something about them. Any specialized difference, any specialized diagnosis, everybody has something. He just so happens to have quite a few. He's a Trinidadian, Guamanian, African-American kid on the autism spectrum with severe allergies and asthma, for starters. (laughs) But I don't walk around every day seeing him as those things. And that's the beauty of being where I am today. That's what it means to me to see me not ASD. I see him for who he is, the exceptionalities, what makes him wonderful, what makes him a gift to this world. And I think I've done a pretty kick-ass job. Sorry, Dad, for using that word. Please don't be mad. But I think I've done a great job at making sure that the people around him who are part of his support love him too. Love him for all that makes him exceptional. Because I guarantee if they didn't, their reaction today would have been significantly different. And also mine. If I knew that he wasn't being loved and cared for, and then that happened, I would be very angry. But I'm not. My husband said to me, be thankful. He's gone through so much in his short seven-year life, and he's a fighter, and just be thankful. He's fine. And he is. He started complaining about having to go to bed. So I knew he was fine. He complained about having to go to school tomorrow. So I know he's fine. And he said to me, Mom, I hope there's no peanut butter in class tomorrow. And then I was gracious again because he trusts that he can go back to school. 
That won't happen again. And he's not afraid. And he's ready for the next step. So, thanks for listening. If this story, if this thought touches you in any way, please share your thoughts with me. I would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas, share them with me. I truly want to hear from you. And just thanks for watching. And remember, every person you meet, see them for what makes them exceptional. And do all that you can to be a visionary. Good night. You have just listened to See Me, Not ASD, the podcast with your host, Devika. Thank you for joining. Please connect with us beyond this week's episode so we can continue the conversation. We hope that you'll have time to visit our website, seemenotasd.com, where you'll discover show notes, bonus content, be able to sign up for access to our other resources, and submit any questions, comments, or topic ideas. But if you're currently multitasking while watching or listening to this podcast, and you're not able to get to the website right now, we simply ask that you remember us on Instagram, seemenotasd. We have some bonus content that we've bookmarked for you, easy access, and you'll be able to get started. We believe we are the number one source for inspiring visionary supporters around the world so that they can elevate the exceptional people in the world as well in the pursuit of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So as you meet individuals, see them for the exceptional people that they are and do your best to elevate that.